What's love got to do with it? Everything. This week, we are excited uh, about our, well, my adventures through Canada, Edmonton, Calgary, and Boston, Rehoboth, Massachusetts, and uh, the beauty of travel, the beauty of friendship, and going to haunted houses, and being scared to fucking shit, being so scared of everything in the netherworld region, and uh, also, we talk a lot about how the industry is uh, changing. There's changes going on, there's things happening, and... Uh, Effie's back to doing singles matches and he's a hardcore motherfucker. So thank you for tuning in. Weekend at Effies.com for the Patreon. We have new tiers. We have new updates. We have new magic. And we appreciate everybody tuning in. Pitar, we have a real serious problem going on. They're going to know that we're robots and that our voices have just been uploaded to the cloud because did you know every one of our episodes is transcripted on Spotify? What? Word for word. What? Yeah, have you not seen this? No. Oh, yeah, it's every word. Oh, my God. I just tweeted it. Here's a little video. Every word is transcribed on podcasts. Uh, They can see exactly what we're doing. Let me pull this up. I want you to see this. And because of that, I'm going to test it. Here, just watch this video that shows every word is transcribed of this episode. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Z-Y-X-W-V-U-T-S-R-Q-P-O-N-M-L-K-J-I-H-G-F-E-D-C-B-A. I just saw, we're fucked, pal. Scum I like the one that was, all my homies hate Christopher Nowinski. I was scrolling through and I saw that and I sent it to Matt Justice and he was like, yeah. So, yeah, if you want to, if you are hearing impaired, if you are hard of hearing, if you just want to see what Spotify thinks I'm saying, it's transcripted on there, and I'm pretty sure the robots did it, and I can't stop them. We're reaching the singularity of not being able to tell what is real and what is AI, and there's no way to stop it. By uploading our podcast, we are giving it the ability to understand our speech, and I swear to God, if I don't get residuals for reading whatever audiobook they're going to use my voice for, I'm going to be a little pissed. I didn't get, I didn't get the job doing Britney's audiobook. Sorry, Michelle Williams beat me out in the last audition, uh, and I thought it was cute the way I was making everything sound a little bit country. Justin Timberlake, he pretended he was a real thug, but he wasn't. I am loving the Justin Timberlake slander that's happening on the internet right now. Are you going to see Trolls World World Tour? I don't It features all the members of NSYNC. The band is back. Did you ever see the other Trolls films? Um, No, I did not. Was there... Uh, was there any reason? You also haven't seen all of the Despicable Me and Minions films either. I've never seen a single Despicable. <sighs> the Minions help grew be evil, but they also help grew be good. Do you know why? Because they're nice, happy little. Banana. Oh God, that's it. That's, that's it. That's it. <laughs> you can call this episode There's... Banana Slander too. Uh, that's that's where we're at. Uh, hi, Pitar. I'm so excited to be here. I'm sorry I started on a little bit of a, uh, as I call it, a gruffalo sprint to get into the robots, but I'm now just going to be inserting words that I think Spotify is not going to be able to handle into our podcast. Well, let's use this to plug the Patreon. The Patreon now has Spotify support, so if you prefer listening Whoa. to podcasts on Spotify, you can now add the feed to Is your- that real? It's real. Oh, wow. So you get the early episodes? Yep. 
That's incredible. Mm -hmm. Patreon.com slash Weekend at Effie's. Or if you're like me and you can't remember all those dang slashes and HTT pizzles, just go to Weekend at Effie's.com. You know? That's magic. We have new tiers. I'm so excited about the tiers. We have, uh, is it called Bebop? So the first one's Bebop. Bebop! With two E's. With two E's because he's in his little B costume, theoretically. Not right now, but theoretically. Uh, theoretically, Halloween, he's, he's going to have so much costume. fun. He's wearing his B costume. I told AJ he could come over. We live in a we live in Halloween town, is we what do. I've learned. Yeah. Our neighborhood is beautifully decorated. I want to give out candy to the children. Like, I've never in my whole life. Listen, I don't want to say that I'm softening in my old age, but I have been anti-holiday for a lot of reasons. And this year, I'm sort of like, you know what? It's Christmas, and it's Halloween, and happy Thanksgiving. I'm celebrating holidays this year, and I'm getting king-size bars, and we're giving all the kids king-size bars. And let me tell you something. If you're a shitty 15-year-old in a dumbass costume, and you didn't even try, I'm still going to give it to you, because I was that kid. I was sneaking candy. Let me tell you, just give me that fucking candy. I'll get, I'm giving back for the kids for all the years I filled pillowcases 20 pounds full of candy i had a problem uh okay second tier guccifer named after our sweet lucifer over here and that's a it's a fun middle tier it's got some action action satisfaction satisfaction and you get you know a lot of the same content that you were getting but now there's a top tier named after my queen my the queen and carter granddaddy the granddaddy now, it is granddaddy, but daddy is gender neutral in this term because she's a beautiful queen. And on that one, you're going to get everything along with uh, the early episodes and everything else. You're going to get the vlogs. You're going to get the merch discount, which I'm just going to be honest, people, okay? The merch discount was sort of eating my ass alive the way I had it set up on every tier because you could basically pay for your Patreon subscription with one merch purchase. Right. And we had to do some updating. But if you're on the top tier, you're still going to get that. And it's probably still going to kick my ass. But I love you all. There are people who have been buying my merch for almost nine years now. Damn. Do you understand that? And so, like, guess what? I want you to have what you want. And if you've been doing it long enough, you know what? I don't I don't need a huge profit margin from you. I'm glad you're wearing the shit. I was so pumped. I watched a match the other day on Monday Night Raw, and this happens a lot. Wrestling is gay flat fans everywhere. I wasn't even on the show. I love that it. It rules. It rules. I'm everywhere. Uh, but it is our top tier. We appreciate all of you that have jumped up to that top tier. It's not more expensive than the tier was before. And our earlier tiers were, here's a tier, and here's the same thing. You can pay double. <laughs> and now, due to the loving, wonderful, hard work of my good friend, Pitar, not just my co-host, not just my spiritual guide, not just the person I come to with my hauntings, which we'll get into that, uh, also, my coworker and my co-founder at Weekend at Effie's. I couldn't do this without you. I told you from the start, I said, I can do two things. Talk shit and sit in a chair and drink coffee. I guess that's three things. And luckily, you've been able to handle the rest. We are working, and we've had to go through a little bit of finagling to figure out what's going to work here. Yeah, good luck with that word, Spotify. Uh, to get full video, because yes. I want them to be able to see Pitar as well. While we're talking. And the pups. And the pups. It's a very intimate setting. Like, we're literally 
we turn our living room into a studio mm-hmm. and it's surrounded by hanging heads and demons and art. There's demons on both sides. If you look behind both of us, there's demons behind both of us. <laughs> like, it's true. Pre- presently demonic. And I, uh, I just, I don't know. I think we have a fun, homely place. This house was built in 1916. I think it's an interesting, every podcast I see on TikTok that blows up or on YouTube that blows up, it's the most boring white background studio bullshit at an Ikea table. And we've got something they don't, which is character and just two of the cutest dogs you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, she's back there growling. I love it. So we're here. Thank you for supporting the Patreon, WeekendAtEffies.com. We are going to continue bringing you cool stuff. This week, we have a Movie John exclusive for our month. Oh, so good. With Dead Ringers. So good. Jeremy Irons being creepy and hot and giving himself mouth to mouth. So if you want to see one of the most and least Cronenberg Cronenberg films with us, listen to our, we went over 50 minutes on that. Yeah, 50, just under. Right at 50 minutes? Yeah, right at 50. 50-minute 50 uh, Jeremy Irons, Dead Ringers, Cronenberg listening accompaniment and review. I think I'm finally going to go on my Cronenberg Trek voyage? completist All journey. Right. Okay. I really want to watch Existence again. Have you seen Existence, I haven't seen with, Existence. Jude with Jude Law? With Jude Law? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's they they it's fully like let's explore psychedelics, but it's through these flesh machines that they like jack. OK, into this sounds pretty and like pretty Cronenberg move into another. Re- it's it's wild. Uh, I want to as I touch my hair right now, I just want to point out that thank you to Jude Law. And I hope he doesn't I hope he's not offended by this. I hope Jude Law is not offended by what I have to say. He was the first kind of instance where I was like, you know what? I don't think losing my hair is going to be that bad because Jude Law's losing his hair and he's fucking hot. I don't care. Yeah. Bald, not bald, little tuft on top. I don't care. Jude Law's fucking hot. So I say this. If you're worried about your hair, you're probably the only one worried about your hair. I say as I have a bleach blonde bob right now looking like the Paris Olympics uh, logo. Have you seen the Paris Olympics no. logo? Yeah. She's got a bob, darling. It's supposed to be like a flame on a castle, but it just looks like Victoria Beckham in 07. And I'm hoping you're pulling this up right now so you can get <laughs> a visual here. Welcome to Paris. She's got a bob. Yeah. Look, look. I'm serving Paris. Paris, they call it. Uh, so shout out Jude Law. All right. Well, you know, if you're going to watch some Cronenbergs, I'll watch them with you. But also, one thing we're going to be doing at the high tiers that we did for one of the worst, I'm sorry, one of the worst movies I've ever seen, uh, Southland Tales, starring The Rock as Jericho Kane. That's not just the WrestleMania X7 lineup. That's also <laughs> a character. This is a real written character. Uh, you know, yesterday was the 22nd anniversary of Donnie Darko oh. releasing. Huh. So, you know, good timing on our part. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this film, you know, maybe, maybe don't. Unless you're watching it along with our watch along. We're doing the same thing with the last three Fast and Furious films. Yes. We've gotten you through one through seven, whereas your friend said, uh, it starts to lose its depth at four. And I go, it starts to fucking gain its depth at four. <laughs> he drives the car through two buildings in Abu Dhabi. Okay, so get out of here with that nonsense. Paul Walker jumps out in the Terracotta Museum. We're going to watch 8, 9, and 10 live watch along, which means they will be the length of the film, if not a little longer, and they will have your live reactions and my... 
I know a lot about Fast and Furious. It's my Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Okay. And I feel like seven sort of ramps things up heavily, but eight, nine, and ten is where you go. Oh man, this is this is it's a street racing movie. Okay. No, it's a family movie. Uh, I just want to read you my review for oh, no. seven. You're gonna disappoint me, Pitar. Um <laughs> One star. <laughs> no! One star! And my review is, if this is our Lord of the Rings, then this is Return of the King. <laughs> okay, let me just say A this movie real quick. I did not enjoy. Tyrese, Vin Diesel, Gal Gadot, Paul Walker, Ludacris. That's at least five stars. It's... Uh, it's the ending that gets me on that one. Which part? Which part of the ending? The like the whole the, the whole. Let's say goodbye to Paul Walker. It's been for like a long minutes. day without you, my friend. Do you, and Vin Diesel needs another shot, so we got to get your brother with some fake skin. It reminds me of the last thirty minutes of Return of the King, where you go, "Good God, could we wrap this?" Yeah, up? let's have another ceremony. Let's pat each other on the back. Do you know about the? You know, I live my life a quarter mile at a time. So do you, and now you gonna be a family man. I'm never gonna see you again. Do you know about the Legolas Frodo thing? Did they fuck? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. No, I don't. Um, so the scene where Frodo's in the bed and everyone from. The crew is coming in, and he's like, oh, Mary, Pippin. When Legolas comes in, Frodo just kind of looks at him like he forgot his name and doesn't say his name. Don't they not have any speaking interactions after he says, like, and my bow? Like, I'm pretty sure the joke is, like, after he's like, I'll be on your team with my bow, and it feels, and I guess it's not racist, it feels a little speciesist for the elf to be like, I'm not talking to that little half person. Like the with his hairy feet, and he's eating all my elf bread. Fuck off, Frodo, you little dick. Plus, it's literally Samwise that Sam saves the universe. Sorry, Elijah Wood. We do talk about Elijah Wood on the <laughs> Dead Ringers episode for some reason. Uh, and Macaulay Culkin, you can figure that out on your own. Uh, yeah, I don't think Legolas and Frodo. Or side note, they fucked, and then it got weird. Ooh, you know, like we're in the mines of Moria. What do you think? And he's like. If I put on my ring, you won't even see where I am. And then he's like, where'd you go, Frodo? And then he's like, go, oh, there you are. Is that, did I? <laughs> the one ring to rule them all. Oh. And there's another ring that I can rule for you. Because it's his butt. <laughs> it's the ring. Guess. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm out of control today. I'm having fun. This <laughs> is Lord of the Butts. What's Lord of on? the Butts. We're in the caves with the cave trolls, and I got an invisible halfling, and he's going to eat my elven ass. You know that thing was hairless. You know the elves ain't got no fucking body hair. Shout out Kate Blanchett as the most ethereal of all the elven queens. What was her name? Galadria? Oh, you're the Lord of the Rings expert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I said that Fast and Furious was my Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings was my Lord of the Rings. It was one of the few movies my Christian extended family would see in the theaters together. And I remember during Return of the King when we went to see it, looking down the row, and I was like, oh, everybody's crying. <laughs> oh, no. Like, I, it's cool. Like, love it. Helm's deep, baby. But also, <laughs> everybody's crying. And I wish I felt that way about their Lord and Savior. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could gather up the emotional uh, wherewithal to be like, yeah, you know, 
but I don't know. The fake snow at the mega church really kind of. <laughs> I got, I got I got reprimanded for laughing at the fake snow at the mega church and I couldn't I could never go back. We were not laughing at the fake snow last night last oh, night. Oh, we were frightened. Sure. I actually I was going to suggest we get into this before we get into the weekend adventures because uh this year sadly uh my good friend Amy reached out to my partner. Let me just phrase this for you. My good friend Amy Dumas of WWE fame reached out to my partner who doesn't know, he goes, why does she have 2 million Instagram followers? And I was like, we've had this discussion. It's because she's literally a pioneer of women's wrestling. Well, he's like, she wants to go to another world. We didn't get to work it out on the schedule to go with Amy, which is fine, because I brought one of my besties in the whole world. I brought Pitar to yes. Netherworld last night with me and AJ. Uh, people are really, number one, their sidebar, blown away at how fucking tall he is. <laughs> They like one of the wrestlers I know is like, wait a second, you're like tall. He's like a giant. And I was like, I know. And then someone said he looks like, um, do you remember Wentworth Miller from Prison Break? Yeah. He looks like Wentworth Miller oh from my Prison God. Break. I always said he looks like um Does he have any infrastructure tattoos on his body? He does not. <laughs> he does not have any tattoos and he wanted to just get one of Storm on his arm. And I was like, do what your heart tells you, baby. But I have seen a lot of bad comic book tattoos. Um What's the who's the guy who played Freddie Mercury? Uh Rami Malik. Yeah, he looks like if you put Rami Malik on one of those old timey but evil uh stretching boards. <laughs> like if you stretched him out a little bit. Uh, either way, stunning, gorgeous, very tall. Here's what I'm going to say about AJ at the haunted house. AJ is scared to go outside after 10 PM. AJ is not at all scared of netherworld. Let me tell you about being the opposite of that. I'll walk in the streets of Detroit at 3 AM just in a tank top, but I was heart pounding out of my chest frightened because it's the, I know they're going to scare me on purpose, and I know they're good at it. Like you said, we'll get to that. They're good at their job. <laughs> um, and I, there's no way to prepare for it. And I will say, and this is all I will say, we were woefully underprepared. Uh, good idea, bad idea, you know? We went to Netherworld. This is, we went to the earliest time slot, too. Yeah. So it wasn't even, like, late. It wasn't that busy, really. Like, we got through the line pretty quick. The Christians were out. The Christians were passing out pamphlets. And I said, you need to get a hobby. And she said, my hobby is the Lord and Savior and light of our life, Jesus Christ. And I was like, let me reiterate. You really fucking need a hobby. This is, uh, I looked at you as we were going in. There's something that I think both of us have to deal with, which is like, if you're maybe, and I don't know how living in the South you would be, if you're maybe unfamiliar with the buzzwords and church language, mm -hmm. like maybe some of this would pull you in. Like it's kind of, it's like, it's good language, I guess, but when you start hearing the buzzwords, you're just sort of like, oh, my God, people are just parroting things. Yeah. They're just parroting words they've heard. Um, hell is not real, Peter. I'm sorry. to I, I don't want to burst the bubble here. It sounds lit. You know, like uh, Ronnie James Dio is just down there playing guitar. And you're like, but it's an eternal lake of fire. But it's like, yeah, well, it can't kill me. Like, what? Is it? Oh, is it hot? Yeah, I get in a hot tub and it's really hot. And then I adjust to it temperature wise. And I'm sure Ozzy Osbourne's going to be there. And, you know, given the nature of heaven, here's my problem with heaven. All right, Peter? Number one, I think I'd be bored. But number two, I don't know all the songs. And we're just supposed to, like, sing these songs all day to God. And I can't, I don't know any of the songs. So I feel like I'd feel really left out. 
Which brings me to my other point. If hell is real, it's definitely just heaven. Because if you put me up there with the same people that are at these yeah. mega churches singing these songs in their robes, not fucking, that's hell. That's hell. I gotta listen. I gotta listen to you guys talk about this shit all day. We gotta go to church all day. Maybe if there's chocolate covered strawberries and a, a road of gold, yeah. But also, the Wizard of Oz had a fucking yellow brick road. Yeah. And uh, I'm not saying goodbye to that shit yet. Uh, it's all the concept of hell and heaven actually aren't biblical either. Um, if you want to do a little bit of research in on your own into that, there's a great book by a former mega church pastor called love wins by this guy called uh rob bell and right. it breaks down how hell is not in the bible anywhere it was something that was added and heaven also isn't really biblical either uh i say you know when i die if y'all could just let me sleep for a while whatever the afterlife is give me just give me like at least a year of a coma to catch up on I some think rest you get 45 days 45 days? And then you're back. And then I'm back. Yeah. Hopefully as a dog. Like, I'm... That uh, would be my goal. I want there to be a bonus round. You get to the end, you die, there's the DMT dump in your brain, and the little screen pops up, and it says, bonus round, dog mode? And you're like, yeah, 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 I'm doing dog mode. Because I always joke on the road, I'm like, I really need a handler. And I think about Bebop, and it's like, he's napping on the couch right now in the middle of the day. He's playing with toys all morning. Uh... He got a treat when he woke up. He tells me when he wants to go poop. And then he eats toys and then barks at stuff that he doesn't like. And it's sort of like, you know, I'm I'm working for Bebop. And I would like to be in his position some days. Because anything Bebop wants, Bebop gets. We went, to the, we went to PetSmart to get his nails done. Yeah, when's the last time I've had a fucking manicure? Been a minute. Uh, and he just started picking out toys. And, of course, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> whatever you want i come back with a whole bag of toys because i just can't i'm not telling that guy no that guy's awesome so if you could let me uh be like bebop the other bebop trait that i really like if you can tell on the video i'm wearing a bandana right now when i put on the bandana oh my he has a little panic attack because he also has to wear a bandana with me and so he'll like start whimpering until i put a bandana on him and tell him he looks handsome yeah, <laughs> he woke up when I said you look handsome, Bebop. You look so handsome. Uh, yeah, I yeah, dog life. I'm into it. Reincarnation, fully about it. But also, like, I don't know. We got to do something about the carbon emissions if I'm going to come back anytime in the next forty years. Yeah. There's no, there's no future for anyone. Okay, uh, Netherworld. We went into Netherworld, and. I had never been to anything like right. this before. And AJ politely said he'll lead the way for us. Now, there was a group of two, what I would describe as children. The girl may have been like 14 or 15, but the kid was like seven or something. There were initially three. There were three, right. And one of them said, fuck this shit. Yeah. Like, she got into the entrance and she goes, I'm not fucking going in. And I was like, it's not, it's not that bad. I'm scared all the time of everything. It's not that bad. Uh, she said, no way. So the, now it's just two little kids. And AJ was like, just stay with our group, just being the mother bird. And because of that, AJ wasn't leading us anymore. AJ was now leading the children, and they were all faster than us, Peter. They were all much faster than yeah. us immediately. And as you enter this place, I don't want to spoil too much of it. I'm going to spoil a lot of it. You go into a disassociation room, really. 
which is a spinning light mirror on a bridge. Yeah. And there's already someone there trying to scream at us and grab us. And we got stuck on the bridge. <laughs> we yes, there was a there was a there was a distortion that was happening. There was, there was an the timing of our distortion happened immediately upon this bridge, and it did not get any better from there. Now the theme this year was like sort of earth, water, wind, and fire. Yeah, and I thought, oh well, this won't be as scary because it's. You know, it looks a little fantasy. Nah, fuck that. This was this just some of the worst shit I've ever yeah. dealt with in my life. Yep. Uh, they know when to scare you. And here's the problem. Once they figure out you're a fucking mark and you're easy to scare, they have us on monitors and they have radios. And they're being like, these two right here. This yep. is who you should go yep. after. And they'll do it multiple times. Multiple times. The Yeti getting in my face, Raggedy Ann, in the old house of timiness. Uh, it was hard to take in the beauty as much as I wanted to. But I have to say, it's one of the most stunningly decorated spaces that that I've ever been in. And the attention to detail and the maximizing of space in this maze of horrific nature. That thing was fucking long. Very long. Very hot, lots of fake fog and snow. I was I woke up coughing this morning, and I was like, Ooh, "It's from yeah, it's from breathing it's from in the this Yeti. place. That's from the it's Yeti. from the Yeti breathing in the fake snow." And I kept yelling asbestos. Uh, you were yelling, okay. So you made a valid point, which this is something that like AJ was like, you were hamming it up in front of Amy to make her laugh because you weren't that scared. And you've actually cut to the core of the matter, which is I Gemini my way through this thing (laughs) by talking the whole time. And I try to discount the monsters by calling them names like Debbie, Denise, and Ricardo. Like, ooh, Ricardo, you're so evil. Get out of my face. But I'm genuinely terrified. Yeah. And that's the way I sort of Gemini through things. Yeah, I did the I did the Capricorn thing and started complimenting them, hoping it would get me out of that situation. You're doing really good at this. It is horrible for me, but you are doing so good. You're very good at your job. I heard that a few times. <laughs> but AJ was long gone. Oh, my God. Like, we couldn't keep up with no. them with them long-ass no. legs. And we were just sort of on our own. I remember at one point, like... I was like, I got to save Pitar. And I think I grabbed you out of a hallway or something. No, you did. And then there was another point where I involuntarily was just like, ah, please. Yes. Grab a hold. We'll, we'll, I will protect you the best I can. And then at that point I had to, you know, okay, don't grab the children in front of you. Right. You can't. I was also really concerned because I kept yelling, oh, fuck. Oh, God. Oh, and I was like, oh, I can't curse in front of the kids. And then I look around me and I'm like. There's just blood and gore everywhere. Yeah. I think fuck yeah. is allowed. I yeah. think if the kids come to the haunted house that you're not allowed to go into, if you have any medical condition that uh, that you're allowed to yell fuck, the kids made their choice to come into this world. If they, if they added any more jumps to my experience, I would have had a problem. I had like, a problem. It was right on the I edge. I was really trying to be brave for you, <laughs> and I'm... I didn't do great. Well, you did. To be fair, you went on. You, so, you got in. You got in a room with a man. Okay. So you come out of the first haunted house, which is the longer of the two, and there's sort of um 
the Renaissance Fair of haunted houses going on out there, and there is a an escape room that you can pay additionally to get into. Now, AJ said we have to do this. He also invited the zombie person into the escape room with us. Me, AJ, and the zombie person in the escape room that is Saw style. And it was literally my fucking nightmare. Uh, you have to stick your hands in snake boxes and toilets. And there's blood on the walls. Uh, but we did, thanks to the help of the zombie person, who was frightening, um, we did survive the actual escape room. Mm-hmm. And then they set off disco music. And that will be on the vlog. There's a lot of footage on the vlog. You can't shoot the inside the haunted house, obviously, because that's, you know, yeah, proprietary. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to... Listen, I paid to go in there. I'm not showing out for free. Are you kidding me? It was... <laughs> It was that's my experience, okay? It doesn't happen until we share it. Uh, that's how I felt about Netherworld. <laughs> it doesn't happen until we share it. Uh, we get out of the first haunted house. Now, here's where we our paths diverge somewhat. There's a second haunted house. Yes. Uh, I thought you were safe waiting outside of there. No. And then you no. went by the dinosaur DJ, because there's a dinosaur DJ there. And someone still jumped out and scared you again. And I was like, I don't think you're safe anywhere. I wanted to be like, Peter, you might be safer just going in the haunted house because it's bad everywhere you look. Everywhere you look, there's some real dark shit going on here. It's because they don't stop fucking with you once you get out. Right. They it's do not. It's just full board. It's and they also have spark hands. Uh, and they scrape them on the yeah. ground and it makes sparks everywhere. And the chainsaws, there was a lot of chainsaws in the second I house. was not okay with the they were really the chasing one. me with the chainsaws, and I get going close, but they, I was very, I was almost touched by a chainsaw, which is a new series. <laughs> this you were on the to. Pax Network, and it's the same cast. It's uh, what's her name? Uh, Detta Reese. Detta Reese has a chainsaw. She's also an angel. Is it? Is it not Detta Reese? I feel like that's close. Chainsawed by an angel, touched by a chainsaw. It was so the second one. Yeah, Delores. Delores, Delores. What am I talking about? Are you going into Detta? <laughs> Please touch me, Angel. Um, AJ also found there was a phone party going on. Yeah, and just went into the phone. Yep. Turns out also monsters in the phone because I saw monsters exiting the phone because I couldn't see anything in there. I couldn't even breathe, and I was like, <sighs> "You are too bold here." Uh, the second one was a cryptid-themed haunted house. And while many of the creatures were not actual people, it was very gruesome. But also, the people in there were much more vicious about scaring you. And at one point, I was tracked down by a doctor who jump-scared me five times. Just kept popping out of the wall. Horrific. Every Everything was horrific. And shout-out. Uh, and I'm shout out the visually impaired person who was with our group in that one because they had a cane with them, like a walking stick with them. And people fucked with us, I think a little less, but also it, I was just sort of like, all right, well, if you're leading the way, they're not going to trip you up or fuck with you. Yeah. And you're laughing. Like they were laughing. They were laughing at what was going on while I'm just going. So like, I was like, thank you, fearless leader for guiding us through this path because it was 
the room was moving, Peter. Ugh. It was at that point quite dense, the experience. And I kept looking at AJ going, is this room moving? And he'd be like, no. And then we'd get in a room and he'd be like, this room is moving. And I'd be like, oh. Yeah, a lot of that. Good idea, bad idea. I think good idea, but also bad idea. Uh, did you enjoy your time with the dinosaur DJ? It was... You looked coward in a corner when I came yeah. out of there, I'll be honest. <laughs> it looked very rough. Because I was trying to do the thing of like, okay, I am a, uh adult male by myself, and there's a bunch of like families and children running around, which is terrifying, because I just, I don't, I don't want to be near anybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then there's also like... Demons. Demons. <laughs> yeah, and chasing you down. They kept... To smell your fear. Walking towards me, and I would kind of shift over a little bit. Did you get to see the Mothman again? Uh, yes. I was sad the Mothman was not in the second one because I think they were on a break. But that was one of the best costumes there was this big yeah. furry Mothman creature. Uh, the scariest monster we saw, though, ACAB, was the police officer that was standing there. Yeah. <laughs> I was See, just that's, like... That's the thing about that place is you go, okay, all the regular human beings look like scary humans. Like, who's walking up behind Who's me? real? And then... The guy in the cop uniform, you go, is that, is it? His gun yeah, is it real. Is. It is. It is. Uh, I saw someone tweet about dressing up as Lieutenant Dangle uh, for Halloween this year from Reno 911. And he said, don't do it. It's just a bunch of Gen Z kids yelling gay cab at me because they don't know who the character is. And I thought, perfect. Honestly, gay cab. <laughs> All gay cops are That's bastards, so too. Funny. None of you are immune. Um, I had a blast. It scares the shit out of me. It's such a different rush for me. But like you said, you're like, I don't even like roller coasters. This is a uh, a sensory fucking overload. Yeah. And it is exhilarating. The level of detail is insane. Yes. And the level of, I can't tell what's real anymore no. by about halfway through. Because at a certain point you go, I want to look at the things around, but I don't know if I'm looking at a person anymore. And the setting change happening yeah. so quickly, you don't get used to anything. No. Like, no. all of a sudden you're in something completely different, and you're screaming, Raggedy Andy, don't touch me. <laughs> Raggedy Andy, don't touch me! Please! Uh, there was a Batwoman on the wall. And I just want to say, you know, I'm not going to fuck a bat, but the Batwoman, pretty hot. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, like a sexy vampire Batwoman with a bat face and like a silky pearl sheen. I was into it. I think I gave them a thumbs up because I was I was scary and then it was like, like oh, oh, bite hello. my neck. Turn me into one of you. Oh, come over here with your bat wings, darling. There there was a goat without any, like, milky white in its eyes. Yeah. And I made eye contact with it, and uh, we had a little moment there. I, was this a person goat? No, this was just, just, a, just a goat. Okay. They were checking in on you, though. Yeah, they were checking in. Into the pearls of uh, the universe. The pearls of existence. Uh, yeah, 10 out of 10, the scariest shit. They've been open for 27 years. It's one of the best haunted houses I've ever been to. Uh, AJ was talking about a haunted house he went to, or I guess a haunted bus ride, where the creatures from Jeepers Creepers come into the bus. <sighs> and I said, that sounds even worse. 
Uh, I'm glad he led the way. I could not keep up with his long ass legs. No. And he just isn't frightened of any of it. Did you go to Disney when they still had the alien thing? Yes. Yeah. I think that's why I don't. I like think I was like coasters. seven and I was like, yeah. that fucked me up. It's now a Lilo and Stitch experience. Much cuter. Does Lilo come out and like drip on you? Lilo. Lilo's not there at or all. That but would Stitch. Be Stitch, Stitch does. And then there's other aliens, too. It's very cute and fun. And they use the same like spit and the air. Okay. And then the dark lights go yeah. out and everything. So there's a lot of that that's much less scary when it doesn't look like a xenomorph's about to rip your fucking throat out. You know what I mean? I had so much fun. I'm glad you came. You don't Thank have to come anymore. It's a one and done for you, and that's fine. But I got to tell you, I'm going to end up there every year because my life partner fucking loves haunted houses. And it honestly, I thought it would be less scary because I'd been there before. And as soon as we walked in, I was like, what the fuck have I done? Yeah. What have I done? Yeah. Nightmare mode. Uh, I had a big weekend, Pitar, but I'm thinking about this following weekend. There's a show that starts at 9 p.m. Eastern on, on Friday in Chicago uh, tomorrow, uh, where I will be fighting for the freelance world title against Storm Grayson. Then I'm doing a show in San Francisco and taking a red eye out to then go to Florida and do a show that starts at noon. There's a chance I'm going to do three shows in the Midwest, West Coast, and Florida within 48 hours and be on my way home. How crazy am I? Good Lord. Yeah, I've lost my mind. Rent is due, darling. We've got bills to pay. We're going to collect belts and money and fun, and we're going to have a lot of travel on planes. Now, what's different about that from last weekend? Nothing, because I also had a lot of fucking travel on planes. Oh, she is she is moody today, darling. We love you, Lucy. Be sweet, girl. Pep Pep wants to pet you. Okay, I went to Canada, and... I keep saying things like, I'm done with international travel for the year. And then it turns out Canada's another country. And I've got to say it, I am real tired of going through customs. <laughs> like, I just can't. Now, I will say this. The street continues. I have never had a single piece of luggage ever opened in any international port for customs. Not in Germany or England or Japan or Canada or Australia or anywhere else for that matter. They've never even opened my bag. So I guess customs could be worse, but also it's so confusing to explain why you're there because they're like, why are you here? And you're like, short-term employment. And they're like, what are you doing? And you're like, wrestling. And they're like, is it a tournament? And you're like, it's, it's a, I have one fight when they say good luck and it's hard not to go like, it's, there's no luck involved. There's no luck involved. We've agreed to a rate. doesn't matter what happens. Thank you. But you just also are like, the less I have to say, the better it is. So I've really tried to like limit how I've had the conversations with customs. And it's still, it makes me, it makes my skin itch. And usually it's like right after you get off a plane and you're tired. But I made it. I went from Atlanta to Toronto. And then I went from Toronto to Edmonton. I have to say this though. I got into Toronto and I wanted a nice coffee. And I said, I'll have a Trenta cold brew. And they said, yeah, that's American. <laughs> and I said, huh? And they're like, we don't have Trenta here. That's American. And boy, when I got back on the American side of things, I ordered a Trenta immediately. Venti is not big enough. And I'm kind of a, I don't know what it is in me, but I'm sort of a brat. 
And so when you tell me you don't have a Trenta, I'm ordering two Ventis, which is more than a Trenta. But I'm like, I'm not going to have a Venti is not going to be enough coffee for me. I can finish a venti walking out of the store. I suck down iced coffee. I cannot stop myself from consuming mass amounts of liquids. Being both bisexual and uh, tired, I'm just, I'm an iced coffee fiend. I need three iced coffees, honestly. <laughs> Please. You know, I had an iced coffee this morning. I didn't even tell you about it. Oh, my God. I had it delivered to the door. I woke up and I said, oh, God. So I was trying to get my um, travel pass coordinated for my uh, probationary period. While being, and I hope she listens, as fucking bureaucratically annoying as possible with every fucking detail of every date that I have coming up and dates beyond that just to make it seem overwhelming and my Wikipedia page attached so that you can uh, coordinate between who is William Taylor and who is Effie and understand that they are one and the same when it comes to this uh, announcement or show special. Uh, and I have not heard back yet, but I did, uh, I did have to wake up early and send a little email. I got to Edmonton, and I am the champion, Pitar, of Top Talent Pro Wrestling. And I got to hang out with someone for the first time that I've never hung out with in my life, and someone who I have watched multiple, multiple times wrestle as a fan, and that is Timothy Thatcher. Are you familiar with Timothy Thatcher? No. Timothy Thatcher is, he doesn't have a cell phone, <laughs> and he doesn't have a Twitter, and he doesn't have social media. And rumor has it that he, when he is not wrestling, is a deep sea fisherman. So he just goes out on the seas and catches fish and then comes back and then occasionally wrestles. And What? Yeah, pretty incredible. So I got picked up and he landed a little after me. In his boat? I, You know, he could have ridden into the port. I don't know. Edmonton is not on a port. It's, it's really just like in, and no offense to anyone there, it's a beautiful place. There's bison. You know, there's beautiful native lands. Uh, it's in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Uh, I told you the first time I went there, I was like, oh, there's a two hour flight. And that was a five hour flight. There's a huge time difference. I didn't know where Edmonton was. I fucking know now. I get off the plane and get picked up. Now, obviously I'm a person who I would tell you, like, I don't, I don't want to give anybody the celebrity treatment. We're in the same job. We're at the same place. But I was like, I'm going to let Tim Thatcher sit shotgun. He's a fucking legend of wrestling, international icon. He's been everywhere done everything one of the coolest fucking dudes to watch and also just a genuinely cool person he said you're the champion you're sitting up front and i was like oh god Aww. so he's just in the back of this car like it's one of those you got to move the seat forward things uh -huh. and i'm like i got this guy just sitting in the trunk and then later that night after the show i was like you're sitting shotgun this time i can't do it like emotionally it's fucking with me i'm a big fan and he was like nope and he sits in the back again and i was like dude how are you so cool? You're the coolest dude ever. We got to the show. Joey Janela was also there, which was beautiful. This was his first match back after the Junkasai death match that mm -hmm. ripped his fucking elbow wide open. And you may be wondering, did Joey Janela have an easy night? Fuck no. The man did ladders and trash cans and tables and chairs and every fucking thing. He got thrown off the stage to a table. And I'm going... Come on, dude. And he goes, it's my first time here. I got to give him the bad boy. And I was like, honestly, that's the cutest shit ever because you do have to give him the bad boy. They know the reputation of Joey Janela and they want to see the Joey Janela experience. Yeah. And I thought back and I even remembered the first time I came to this promotion, I went all the way the fuck out too. Not that I didn't last night or that night um, in the title match with Andy Anderson, but 
it was also like once you sort of go like here's all of it you can say like here's the the parts that you really want to see versus here's everything crazy in the arsenal there's skewers in my face you know you don't have to do that every night uh so much fun there so professional and the canadians you know i cut a promo on sunday and i'll get to that later but i sort of am insinuating now that every town is my hometown and i love when the the ring announcers will come to me and they say oh what how do i announce you and i say you say this is effie and they say what about hometown, weight, height? Like, none of that is important. And I think about it. Every town I go to is my hometown. Because everywhere I go, there's not one place I've been this year across the globe where I have not shown up at a building and people haven't already known who I was, had expectations of me, and wanted to meet me. And so you could say I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. But the fact is, I'm from everywhere because I have the global distribution for people to think I'm from everywhere. Last year, or this year, in June, uh, it was my 16th show of the, of the month. And a woman said, how are you feeling? I said, pretty tired. It's my 16th show of the month. And she said, were they all in Chicago? And I was so tired, I just said, yep. And so when that's sort of the, the vibe, is that they're like, you must be from here. Everybody loves you here. It's very, very cool. Uh, to have people excited about you in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, when you show up with the championship belt. And I will be back there in December. And we did a Home Alone theme poster uh, with me in my lavender beanie, which I lost. Oh, no. I ordered another one because the color scape is so cute and it makes yeah. my hair look good. So we ordered another one immediately. They're $6 on Amazon. Lavender beanies. Get it. I also bought, I'm excited to debut this weekend. It should be showing up today a Kirby beanie where it looks like Kirby is eating my head. And I think it's going to be perfect. I'm very excited. It's cold in Chicago. I don't know how cold it'll be in San Francisco. Uh, it was cold in Canada. Should have guessed. I didn't bring any cold weather clothing at all. I also had something this weekend, two nights of the three. Now one night of the three, I got on a red eye, so I did not require a hotel, but I need you to understand how rare this is. I know you're going, Effie, you're a global megastar. You know, you must have all the luxuries in the world. Well, no, because I'm a very hard worker and I'm, I make certain sacrifices to make things work so that it's financially more feasible for me to do some of these shows. Sometimes that means sharing a hotel room. It means uh, having multiple people in the room. I don't mind it a bit. It's the best way you get to know somebody. Uh, there's people I've roomed with before in Edmonton, like Brian Keith. Uh, who is someone I miss dearly, who's out on the road. And it's good to spend time with these people in a very subdued setting to have that. But also, private time is such a fucking rarity. Yeah. When you're out on the road, Friday night, I have my own room to myself. Sunday night, I have my own room to myself. And you know what I did, Pitar? I ate food, took off my clothes, and laid in the bed. And it, it healed me from the inside out. You know, like, even in England... I went and we had that room with four people and I said, I got to get my own room. And Joey's like, what are you doing over there? Are you being sneaky? And I was like, let me be clear, Joey. If you think it's sneaky for me to just sleep for 14 hours, then yeah, so sneaky. But I'm just sleeping as long as I can in silence and taking a shower in a room that a bunch of straight dudes have not already been in. You know, you got to do yeah. that. I like, opened. I, I loved hanging out with y'all Chicago weekend and everything and like hearing Cole talk about how like this is his favorite shit like we stay up all night because we want to spend time with our friends yeah we only see each other a little bit um but there does 
certainly get to a point where you go, eh, this is starting to look a little dead ringers towards the end of the movie. Yeah, where the room is just falling apart and there's bags of food Cake and shit everywhere. Shelves. Yeah, <laughs> it, it starts to look a little uh, worn and ready. It was one thing that me and AJ had to get used to, and it's one thing where like when people hear we're not living together, they're like, oh, God, is everything okay? No, it's better than ever because – me being a person who's constantly in hotels, no offense, I don't have to clean up the hotel. Like I'm just right. leaving my food and I'm leaving the towels on the floor and I'm walking out at 5 a.m. When I come home, I had to adjust to the fact that like, oh yeah, this is like someone's actual living space and I need to like have a little bit of decency when I deal with this. And so not living together, I've had to, t- I've gotten to turn off a little bit of the decency, but I still like, I vacuum if he's coming over, Yeah, you know, like I make yeah. certain, there are certain requirements that he has as an adult and like I'm 33, obviously I, I'm looking around at some of my friends who do I think they're more bored than me? Of course I do, but their lives are a little more together and you sort of have to go like, all right, let me be a slight adult about some things, but I'm still going to leave a hotel room dumpy and a little dead ringer Z because I get to just walk out of it. Did you know you don't have to check out of hotels? You just walk out. You just leave. You leave the key there. You don't talk to anybody. You just go. Don't we need to check out? You don't. You don't ever have to check out. The next day, I rode uh, to Calgary. But before I get to that, I want to say this. Last night, it was pretty late. I was on Twitter. I was just up checking things out. Someone got a tattoo yesterday of the Effie heart logo on their fucking oh forearm. My and then someone else said, I also have that tattoo and showed their Effie heart logo on their forearm. And I just want to, I don't want to be too cornball here. It's number one. It's fucking cool. Number two, there've been quite a few Effie tattoos. Like I'm not, I don't want to discount anyone else's Effie tattoo, but I want to say when people make the decision to put your permanent art on their body, um, when I hear about people who think I'm like, they want to compare me to things and they want to think I'm shady or I have weird secrets or I'm going to turn out to be a bad egg. When I see people who have permanently put my art on their body, it puts me in a position where like, I will be a little shithead and a little brat, but I will never make them feel foolish for putting me yeah. permanently as a part of their body. I love Like that. there's such a level that you hold yourself yeah. to when you see that people have gone like out of their way to permanently include you and they tell you how important it is and they tell you how cool it is. They tell you how you're the person who got me back into wrestling. You're the person who made me feel safe in wrestling. Let people say what they want to say. Y'all are good. I promise we are, we are on the, the good path. We're having fun out here. We're doing a lot of shows and uh, you, you can guess what's happening in those hotel rooms. I'm eating poutine with my hands cause they forgot to send a fork. <laughs> That's that's the that's the nature of the business. What's that Effie up to? Well, he has to eat poutine with his hands because no one gave him a fork. So I've just got gravy and cheese curds on my fingers. Uh, and one of the three towels in the room is now a very large napkin. Have you ever had a hotel picnic? What is a hotel picnic? You just lay a towel on the bed and you just kind of eat laying down and pick at it. And then when you're done, you just sort of put it away. You just eat off the bed. That's I have a lot of hotel picnics. Uh, there's not enough chairs in hotel rooms, so sometimes you just like order a family style meal and you open it all up on the bed with a towel under it, and you wipe your hands on the towel when you need to get more food. And you get French toast, and you get an omelet. And you get, I love French toast. Oh God, I don't underrated breakfast food. Really right? underrated breakfast food, especially when you get that good challah bread, challah oh. bread. 
Do you pronounce the C in Chala? I don't know. Whatever. It's good. And cinnamon, eggy, deliciousness. Mm-hmm. Here's the, here's why French toast wins over pancakes. Pancakes, delicious, fluffy, sweet. A lot of the things that French toast are. French toast dipped in egg batter, which means added protein content. Yeah. And it's more filling. And you can make French toast out of any kind of bread. Right? Yeah. Any kind of bread you already have, bread. you don't have to create a dough. You don't have to have flour. You don't have to mix. You just dip it in that eggy batter, and you fry that bitch up, and you put some syrup on it and some fruit and some whipped cream and a pat of butter, and you're in. I love it. I love French toast. Uh, we went to Calgary, and I kept making this joke that no one thought was funny or understood, where I said... Well, does anybody got a phone? I need to call Gary. And they were like, what? And I'd be like, call Gary? Calgary? Who's Gary? Should we call him? No. Okay, you also don't think this joke is funny. Uh, I like that you think dad jokes are funny, and I like telling you dad jokes. (laughs) The thing is, people see daddy on my trunks. You laughed so hard at my major soda joke last night, which was not a good joke. Yes, it was. And I did it just for your benefit. Can you tell the joke now? You were talking about Minnesota, like in a very genuine way. Yeah, Minneapolis. I love Minneapolis. I love Minnesota. It's a beautiful place. (laughs) I said Minnesota's great, but have you ever been to major soda? (laughs) (laughs) So stupid. I know. Daddy is not on my trunks for sexual reasons. It's because I'm a dad. I do dad jokes. I pet my little kids on the head. Uh, I side note before we get to call Gary. Hello. Uh, You and I'm not going to go into detail here. But you got to bear witness to one of the most classic A.J. Taylor conversations in the car. Y'all are a mess. We are a mess. We are perfect. (laughs) We are perfect. We are a mess. We were reminiscing on some people we knew in college and the ways we knew them and the the things we had in common (laughs) with these people. And it was exactly as gay as you'd expect and hilarious. Uh, E, not er. (laughs) Okay, so I go to Calgary. I've never been there before. And this is one of the bookings where, God bless uh, Harlan, who I wrestled there uh, with Top Talent Promotions, because he set the booking up for me. And sometimes I'm booked because people know Effie and they seek out Effie. Sometimes I'm booked because he's like, you're already up here. There's a show Saturday night in Calgary. It's two hours away. Do you want to do that show? I'm like, yeah, I want to do that show. So I show up and the promoter like doesn't really know. But I'm the only person on his poster. And he came to us and was like, oh, I don't know how the draw is going to be. Turns out packed fucking house. Packed fucking house. Gay people everywhere. Having the time of their lives. And I had this fucking line at merch beforehand. And I knew I had to take a red eye. So it was like, wrestle, change, go get on the plane. And to the point where my bag was almost late and they lost it. Uh, still waiting on my merch bag with my beautiful pink jacket to come back. If it doesn't come today, I will be wearing purple this weekend. Now you know why. I had a line for merch, and there was a lot of people in the line, which I'm down with. It's awesome. Helps me pay my bills. And this lady who works at the venue comes up, and she goes, what TV show were you on? And I said, what do you mean? And she goes, why do all these people know you? And I said, I ain't never been on TV. I'm from the internet, baby. And she just looked at me with the most confused look on her face <laughs> and then bought an 8 by 10 Amazing. Incredible. Just a really magic moment for me. 
uh, I love that you look at it and you're like, this is a sus line. You must have been somewhere on television. And I'm going, no, these people just found me from Twitter and Instagram and YouTube. And I don't need any help. I've got a sidebar. We talked about this very briefly last night. I was cracking up. Uh, and I will get it. And I guess I can get into this more in a minute. I'll get into it more in a minute. So that night, the night before, uh, Joey Janela had a match with Harlan Abbott, who at Top Talent is one of the top guys. And I had a match with Harlan Abbott in Calgary. And he was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, kind of everything after watching your match with Joey last night. Within five minutes of this match starting, I had been powerbombed on the apron. I had been overhead belly to belly into six or eight chairs that were just broken as hell. Not like chairs like regular venue plastic metal chairs. Like old-timey wooden pub chairs. Oh, God. I If you look on my Instagram right now, you can see the footage. Should I, should I just show you real yeah. quick? I want you to understand it. Okay. It says, I'm so dumb. And you were running. Or, oh, my God. Running around the ring. Oh, shit. So, so I broke a lot of those chairs. And I left before the venue could say anything. Sorry to the venue. I was pile-driven through trash cans. I have this large bruise on my leg because I was also belly-to-bellied into an upside-down chair, which... What a genius I am. Uh, there was a lot of violence in this match. And for people who haven't ever seen Effie that were in Calgary, they got to see the best version of Effie, which I think is like horny and violent. <laughs> That's what I think it should be. They loved when I pulled my ass out. Uh, I loved when I pulled my ass out. Uh, the I had another ass experience this weekend that I'll get to. Uh, luckily, Harlan was just the most wonderful, gracious. When people give you their body and they know what they're doing and they understand like safe ways to do things, it makes me so much more excited to do crazy shit with them. Like I don't want to have to second guess whether or not you're going to be able to do something. And Harlan Abbott, true professional, very strong, very good with his timing, very good with his the way he sets up spots and does things to the point where I realized what a fucking idiot I am. He did a move called a coast-to-coast, which is where you're on one side of the ring up top, and you jump all the way across to the other side of the ring while I'm down in the corner with a trash can over my face. Now, typically, there are about 10 different ways that I could protect myself from being hit directly in the face with a trash can. But at that point, I was so fired up, I said, I'm just going to take this fucking trash can to the face. And this man jumps across a ring 12 feet and kicks me threw a trash can in the face, and I just start giggling. Like, if you go back and watch this footage, I a trash can crushes my face, and I'm going... <laughs> and that's when I knew, like, oh, yeah, this is where you're meant to be. <laughs> you know, like, oh my God. if I was doing the same Broadway show every night, it'd be successful, I'd do well, I'd probably have some kind of Broadway benefits, I don't know, but... Would I be able to feel as alive as I felt after a man kicked a trash can through my face? No! Not at all. It was fantastic. Kick out at two. You know, that's what we do. I had so much fun. I went straight to the airport afterwards, got on the red eye, uh, the most fucking distracting red eye of my whole life. Not only did they board an entire professional soccer team from Canada, which every dude was 6'2 with a fucking soccer ass in their matching tracksuits, and I'm going, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to sleep on this flight? 
There's 25 soccer boys just here making money playing soccer in their little outfits. Very difficult. But I said, you know what? I'm turning my brain off. And then, of course, who sits next to me but, like, the most Troy Sivan nose ring twink of all time. And I was like, you know what? Fuck all this. I took Advil PM. I said, I'm distracting myself. I'm not going to get to the show tomorrow and be like, oh, why are you tired, Effie? Oh, it's just too many twinks. <laughs> I'm not going to do anything with it. I just want to look from a distance and be like, damn. This is like people, sometimes people go, Effie, I, you're pretending to be gay. Like, it's a gimmick. The Calgary promoter was like, I had someone call me and they were like, is he really gay or is it a work? And he was like, no, he's a, it's a gay person. And I love when people are skeptical of this. Uh, because I promise you, I am in no way skeptical myself. I, you know, I've tried it. I've been there. Uh, I have not been physically with a woman since 2015. Uh, it's cool. I get it. Um, yeah, I'm pretty fucking gay. <laughs> pretty fucking gay. <laughs> I made it to Boston and I was, uh, immediately found that my bag had been lost. Not my gear bag. Thank God. I brought it as a carry on. So, you know, that's the old wrestling trick is like, you want to have your gear with you. Right. But I don't like checking my big-ass jacket through security because they always give me shit or want to take pictures in it or think it's a weapon. So I put that in my merch bag. They lost my merch bag. So I have no jacket and no merch to go do my debut at this Massachusetts promotion, which, like, thank God Allie was there, honestly. Uh, she had bussy merch. We still made money. Thank God Allie was there, honestly. She charged people to sign stuff, so she made me a good bit of money by just having me sign things of me. Uh, so really, she saved the day, but not having my jacket, it almost put a chip in my shoulder to be like, well, you don't even get the full Effie presentation for my debut here. I better go all the way the fuck in. So this is now the third day in a row where I've gone all the way the fuck in. Friday night, I fight this muscle god, Andy Anderson, for my belt, where there's all sorts of shenanigans. Saturday night, I'm in the fucking street fight of a lifetime in Calgary. And then Sunday, JT Dunn and myself end up just doing the craziest shit. You saw the tombstone off the top, right? Where he stands on the second rope and then tombstones my fucking head through a chair? Probably. I, it's the terms still don't. Okay, I have so no I'm idea. I'm upside down and okay. he just drops me off yeah, the top okay. through a chair. So that's a tombstone. That's a tombstone. Okay. Made famous by uh, Mark Calloway, known as The Undertaker, who was an undead wizard who was also an undertaker, but he was also an Old West cowboy. And now he's a Blue Lives Matter Republican at a mega church. Ooh. You should watch the video of The Undertaker talking about why he came to church. And it's him going, Well, my wife, Michelle, was coming to the church. And then she invited me, and it was a really good fellowship. All right, we love that, Undertaker. We're so glad you're here. The undead wizard who pledged to Satan uh, crucified a woman and shot lightning from his hands. He's actually here now believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you're just sort of like, God, dude, kayfabe's fucking ruined. The Undertaker's at a mega church, and he's giving away a chopper? Uh, this is like when one of the dudes from Corn became a born-again Christian. Oh. And quit the band. And I believe he's since dropped all of that and is now back in corn. Turns out money's the real religion, and you can't make none of that if you're not in corn, dude. Uh, it was Head, the I believe, oh, the yeah. bassist. And so he changed his name to Head to Christ. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> all right. I mean, I've often looked up at the cross, and he's there with his sculpted body and his little diaper and thought, Somebody's got to suck that dick, but never to that extent. 
I wouldn't. So I would shoot a lot of weddings and Catholic churches and that sort of thing. And you would get to some and you would go, ooh, they made him a little too hot. He's just a little too hot up Why there. is he so sweaty? Like, why do we need to see um, Dick Root? Or or he does he does the look up where he's like, <laughs> you know, like the you can't see it on the audio, but I'm doing the look up. You know the look up where he's like, he's kind of giving puppy dog eyes yeah. to himself in heaven. And it's like his his hands might be nailed to that cross, but there's a little uh, there's a limpness to the wrist. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, Christ, we know the deal. You don't have twelve guys and one girl following you around town in dresses, walking on water, so you can keep your dress dry and not have me wondering a little bit. Is Last Temptation of Christ worth watching? Uh, the Scorsese one? Yeah. Yeah, but mostly because the soundtrack's by Peter Gabriel. I don't think the film is that good. Okay. I mean, the film is fine. It's good. Yeah. But also, like, Peter Gabriel does the soundtrack, and it really fucks. I, so we went and saw Killers of the Flower Moon yesterday. We did. We're going to have to process that. We will talk that. about Yeah, that was... We really had a big day where we watched Killers of the Flower Moon, went to Netherworld, and then watched Dead Ringers yeah. all in one day. Yeah. Overwhelming sensory fucking powerhouse. Happy October. You need it. Uh, but there's a, there's a few Scorsese's where I go, oh, that's a total blind. So, like, I've never seen Cape Fear. Have I, you ever seen King, King of Comedy? I haven't. Okay, that movie fucking rips. Okay. Because it's like if Joker was good. Do you, are you a not Joker? I watched it for a second time, and I, like, I think it would have been, I think I would have accepted it better as a film if they didn't try to make it such a superhero film, because it wasn't at all. Yeah. Uh, but I love Joaquin Phoenix, I and I really want to make the Mall of Georgia trip to see Napoleon in 70 millimeter. Ooh. Yeah, 70 yeah. millimeter. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. I just, I, I love, I'm such a Ridley stan, too. Yeah. Did you see the Ridley interview where he was like, I wanted to cast, uh, cast him in, uh, what did he say? He wanted to cast Joaquin in napoleon oh he was like i saw the joker and i was like oh my god he i got a cast perfect for napoleon and everybody was like did he forget he made gladiator <laughs> which is like the classic joaquin is this big evil powerhouse of the government and sort of would be like hey i saw him in gladiator as this evil emperor he'd make a great he'd evil a emperor great no yeah. he's like yeah i saw joker and i was like the versatility on this guy i think i could have him in one of my films and they're like oh. hey ridley uh and he's like <laughs> i know what i'm doing they're like, we know you know what you're doing. You've done it. You did it. Uh, shout out the the Gladiator sequel that's coming out. They are doing. They that, are doing aren't it. They? Yep, 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 yep. It's not gonna be till 2025 though. Mm-hmm, probably, we got a ways out. Probably longer than that. Actually, they keep pushing that. everything back. They they're like we're surprised they're pushing films back. Sorry, you haven't paid your actors. I'm still on strike, baby. My beloved Mission Impossible series. Oh, has Mission been Impossible Life Reckoning Part One. But actually, it's part two. But actually, will Ethan Hunt survive? Ving Rhames better survive. That's honestly all I care about. That's all I care about. So I got picked up in Boston by one of my favorite young talents, and that's Ricky fucking Smokes. You know about Ricky Smokes? No. Stud. I mean that like in the athletic sense and physically just a stud. Like, I think he's young as hell, though. He's probably, like, 22 or something. But just, like, built like a powerhouse, fast as shit, teaming up with one of my favorite dudes from uh, from the nor- Northeast. Nor- yeah, it's Northeast. Uh, Brad Cashew. They had a sick match. But I'm bringing it up to say, like, we're driving, and we're talking, we're chatting, and he's like, do you want to go get hot chicken? And I was like, oh, dude, like, 
the 22 year old is trying to test me on the spiciness of chicken. Like, let's fucking go, dude. I've been on a red eye. I'll eat some fucking hot chicken. So we go to this hot chicken place and I order first and I'm like, yeah, I'll get it hot. I'll get the chicken hot. And then he says, yeah, I'll do mild. And I went, wait a fucking second. Did I just get tricked into giving myself indigestion by a young man? Because he did not get spicy. Now, he said that mild was still spicy, which makes sense for a hot chicken. Uh, but I was, like, in the car just, like, suffering through these tenders, burning my throat, sweating, you know, eating poutine with my hands again. <laughs> we got to the show, and they said, hey, uh, there is a green room if you want to go take a nap. Because I got to the show very early. I said, great, yeah. And then I asked one of the employees at the venue, which was a country club at a golf course. Uh, yeah Rehoboth Massachusetts I was at the country club at the golf course I kept saying where's this green room and they're pointing to the locker room like that's your green room he said there was another green room turns out the green room was the driving range simulator oh my god so I went into the driving range simulator and slept on the couch in there for two hours woke up and then got ready to fight JT Dunn at Fight Life at the squared circle seance renamed the squared circle gayons. Now you must you must be thinking, Effie, you didn't go that crazy, did you? Yeah, we went fucking nuts, like I mentioned before. We went nuts all the way. And I'm doing this new thing where like I used to be more in control of like I want to call the Effie match, right? I wanna have right. you're gonna have a match with Effie. But now I'm like sort of like being more playful with it. And I'm sort of like, what do you want to do? And I let them call the match and let them put this put things together. And because of that, I'm just doing shit I don't normally do. And it's awesome to remind myself that I can fucking do anything. We're running combos and shit and crazy stuff. We got doors going through my face. We got tombstones on the chairs. Uh, we got back and forth strike offs. We got kick out at ones. It was a wild ass match. It was crazy. You can watch it on Fight TV. Me and JT Dunn. And then at the end, Marcus Mathers came out to challenge JT Dunn after he was victorious over me, sadly. And I got to tell him. One of my favorite quotes on the mic, which Marcus Mathers is like, I think 21. All these kids are so fucking young, it makes you question yourself. Like, JT Dunn is about my age. Like, we're like mid-30s. We're grown adults. But you look around the room and you're like, everyone here is 19? <laughs> okay, well, it, should I move on with my life? No, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to trust it. You're not even going to main event WrestleMania until you're 45, mentally speaking. And uh, he was standing in, in, in the ring, and I got up behind him, and then I ended up taking the mic, and I said... Marcus, you got to leave now because the stuff that's happening after this, Ali said you can't do it until you're 25 with me. <laughs> and then we ended up having a kiss off and it was beautiful. And uh, JC Dunn is very good at wrestling. And I had so much fun with him. There were shenanigans. It was wild. And it was a 5 p.m. matinee show. So I was back at the hotel by 9 p.m., ordered a huge sausage and pineapple pizza, and then... You don't. You just made a face. No, I don't like pineapple. Darius Rucker taught me this trick. He said, if you order sausage and pineapple pizza, nobody will eat your pizza. So then for a few years, I went one step further, and I would only order anchovy and pineapple pizza because the sweet and salty is, like, literally perfect. I don't care what you think, okay? Anchovy, pineapple pizza, honestly, it fucks. Uh, they did not have anchovies here, or I would have done it, but no one else will eat your pizza. I love that the look I was giving you made you slightly defensive. <laughs> I had to get defensive a little bit. And listen, it's not like I was taught this by legendary country music artist and lead singer of Hootie and the Blowfish, Darius Rucker, on how to keep your pizza safe. Uh, 
no one else was there though, so I don't know who would have eaten my pizza. <laughs> I also got to watch the show on CBS called like Scariest Houses in America, where they go to people who turn their houses into haunted houses, and then they judge them, and then they give them a prize if it's the best. Some of these people, I don't know how they have the budget to do it. They've turned their whole fucking houses and yards into full-on haunted houses. It's crazy. Interesting. Animatronics and everything. Have you seen the tour of Guillermo del Toro's house? No, but that sounds fascinating. Can we? I want to hang out with Guillermo del Toro. Please cast me in a movie with Doug Jones and let me put on some prosthetics and let me do. I here's my impression. If I was in the Shape of Water, yeah. How was that? Yeah, great. You think I could have gotten the Oscar? Yeah. You got to imagine me like in water with blue scaly skin. I think I would have done great. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that. I want to see how Spotify. Uh, He's gonna cast you that. as uh, the Cthulhu monster. Oh, we saw the Cthulhu monster at Netherworld. Cthulhu, the greatest of the underwater beasts. You hated underwater. Wasn't good. It was so good. Kristen Stewart's got a shaved head. Cthulhu. Um, movie John will back me up though. Oh God. They're being paid to, to scam this movie. Uh, they gave it a half star. A half box. star? What are these people watching? Are we not watching the same film? Is your color orange not my color orange? <laughs> you know, they gave Five Nights at Freddy's bad reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't trust a single one of them. I bet those animatronics are scary and have depth. And I bet Willy's Wonderland is not as good, even though it has Nicolas Cage. No, it's definitely better. That's definitely a better film. Uh, why'd they read... You know, Five Nights at Freddy's just waited too long. They waited yeah. too long. Yeah. Willy's Wonderland rips. Nicolas Cage fucking rips. And we're ready to watch your dream movie, Nicolas Cage. Yes. Yeah. Dream movie. Thank you all for supporting the Patreon, WeekendAtDuffies.com. We have a bunch of questions we're going to do. You have anything else to add, Pitar? I don't think so. Thank you again for watching my vibrant teenage son. Name of Bebop. Of course, the little cuddle man. He was so moody when I left last week, and I felt bad. But it looked like he had such a fun weekend with you guys. Lucy, you had fun? Yeah, everybody's calm now. Everybody's calm in the morning. Okay, questions. First one is from Rick. Rick! When is a good time to end something with a fuck Jeff Jarrett? The end of a work email, getting a receipt from 7-Eleven, yelling at someone in traffic. I think as long as it comes across politely, you can kind of do it anywhere. I don't want anyone to lose their job for saying, fuck Jeff Jarrett. Uh, I did. Can I? Oh, this is a bad admission. I really actually enjoyed the Eddie Kingston, Jeff Jarrett street fight from AEW. Um, oh, I didn't mention this. Let me let me jump back in. Speaking of fuck Jeff Jarrett, um, I cut a promo at the end of the Fight Life show. And... If you ever see me cut a promo in the ring, number one, I cut a promo outside for a match, and I want to be clear with everyone, one take. If you saw my life of, one take. I do not do multiple takes for promos. I do one take. One take for promos, that's what you get. Whatever comes out of my mouth, that's what it is. But at the end of a match, I'm shooting from the hip. And I mentioned that attendance rates are down for TV. Too many people are on contract. They're trying to come back to the indies. I brought this up. And now, laughably... What was Tony Khan's gift to Sting? He gifted him Ric Flair. Guys, I'm not offended by anyone getting a paycheck. I'm not offended by anyone getting money. But we are in the year 2023, 
and Sting, Ric Flair, and Jeff Jarrett are on your TV. There's a billionaire trying to run a secondary company that he's running exactly like WCW. We're doing almost nothing to build up new people. We are giving spots to 49-year-olds who had to retire 10 years ago because of their neck injuries who are now back for some reason, telling young superstars they can't use moves because they do them, but they don't even do them that well. And it's making me, I'm not worried about Effie, but it's very, it has to be very disheartening to be coming into this industry, to love wrestling, to enjoy what happens in wrestling, and to really, at this point, be not only directionless, but sort of like, even if you chose a direction, it looks pretty hopeless at every level. And I'm sorry, it is that way. And the only way we're going to change it is by providing more cool places for people to get experience, for people to get work, for people to get reps. And the only way that's possible is for people to keep supporting at the indie level and give people the places to uh, try their art, to do things for young talents to get over. I love working with younger talents. I love being able to showcase their skills. But we do need that kind of support from the fans to open these doors. The thing about the indies is there's no ceiling on what we're doing. There's no amount of, uh, you know, make them get a bigger building. Nobody, nobody has to be small at an indie show if we promote the indie show. Nothing has to be lowered at the indie show if we promote the indie show. We have to keep working to make sure that there is space and capacity for people to wrestle without having to beg for a five-minute match where they get squashed, without having to sit in catering for 14 hours to get a chance to be on TV for 30 seconds, where there's not 150 people ahead of you who are also on contract who are going to get on TV before you, and then, wait, is there any time for me? No, Ric Flair's also here. He's 70 years old, and he's retired four times. It is disheartening. I'm agreeing with you. If you're a wrestler out there, it is a very tough time, but also... If we put the effort towards doing things to expand what we have right now, boom, I think we're going to be okay. Every second I think about ending the Big Gay Brunch for good, I like slap myself on the hand a little bit because it is something that has given a lot of people opportunity where there is not a lot of opportunity. It is something that has showcased people and put them into better positions where they can negotiate and get money and get paid to do this job, which is a job. Um... But like I revealed to you, you know, Chicago, it destroyed me, you know, like it, it financially was not good. It was hard to do. Um, it's hard to promote these events. Sometimes there is a, there's a, an oversaturation sometimes during these large scale weekends. And so you just got to keep supporting your indies, keep putting your people over, retweeting your young talents, watching their matches, uh, anything you can do to kind of support the indies at that level. I'm not saying like, go seek out Effie matches. I don't give a shit anymore about Effie. Effie's going to be fine. But we have to keep kind of building up the next generation because I don't want people who are extremely skilled in this business to get uh, lost in the race and lost in the uh, sadness of it when they see that the next level isn't like, even if they achieve it, what does it even mean anymore? You know, can I even pay my bills? Can I even do anything? So keep your head up. We're going to be all right. The hierarchy that you have been sold is dead. They want you to believe that you need to become a superstar somewhere to do well at this job. But I can tell you, as someone who's never been on television, as someone who has been to four continents, as someone who has been to countless countries, it is your efforts and it is the fans' receptions that are going to make the difference here. And we can't, we can't hold ourselves to the same level that we've been holding ourselves to since 1999. Things have changed. we got to shift with it. And the fans have to come with us. So buckle up. I think we're okay. 
That's what I was trying to get across in my promo. I'm not trying to just dick on other companies. I'm trying to point out that there is a flawed system in front of us, and we have to make our own new system if this is going to work. Yeah. So sorry for jumping out of there, Rick, but uh, here's where you say it. And fuck Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> I love it. Okay, this next one's a little more serious. Good. Um, this is from Mike. My mother died unexpectedly last week. I'm currently trying to distract myself. Maybe any advice on what to do to distract yourself and just in the situation in general? Uh, I'm not going to reveal who I had this conversation with, but someone very close to me on a business level, a personal level, who I've been working with for years, uh, their mother also passed very unexpectedly recently. And the conversation we had was, you know, you can sit there and think back, and especially when you're sad, you can think back at all the things that you missed out on, all the times you maybe ignored a call, all the times you weren't there for a certain thing, or you can kind of celebrate the things you were there for. And instead of distracting yourself, you've got to be able to kind of reset your thoughts with, okay, I miss this person dearly. Uh, I didn't expect them not to be next to me. And when you're having these down moments, trying to fill it with, here's why I probably miss this person. Here's the things that I uh, miss about them. Here's the things that I miss doing with them. And it's instead of distracting yourself, it's more an idea of replacing the sadness with why the sadness is there, which is because you had great times with them, because you love them very much, because you enjoyed them and their company. And it's hard to not have that person next to you. Uh, but also, if you want to distract yourself, uh, go try new things, go bowling. When I got sober, which is different than like uh, losing a person. I went bowling all the time because it is so much fun to throw something heavy and smash shit. And sometimes you need to just like go throw a ball and smash shit. If you're not into physical activities, that's fine too. But like maybe go on a hike and just scream. Uh, one thing I really like about indie wrestling is, and all wrestling really, is like if you think about, especially during COVID, how many opportunities we had to just like emotionally let loose. I mean, we were in a house, in a place, locked up for a long time. It is so healthy to just go scream. And it's hard to do that because society looks at you pretty weird if you go outside and just scream. Like, yeah. not, they're not really into people screaming in public. So I'm saying if you go on a hike, if you go in the woods, if you go to a place, just kind of let that stuff out. Scream, let loose, uh, don't hold things in. The more you hold stuff in, the harder it's going to be when it comes out. So, you know, maybe don't distract yourself at all. Maybe take it all in. Maybe run through it. Uh, that's sort of my way of doing things is just to like scream through it and uh, think too hard about it. And I'm sorry to hear about your mother. And I'm glad you have found a little solace with us and uh, watch movies. That's a great way to distract yourself. Yeah, it's you're not going to be able to get away from it. Yeah, and you can't like, run from things. You have to sit with that feeling to a certain extent. And it is like, unfortunately, it is like. It's the most annoying thing that any human being can say to another. It is a perspective thing. It's like you can either look at the time, like you said, you know, the missed phone calls, the time that I didn't spend with them, the one time I decided to stay home instead of going and right. doing something with them. Or you can look at the fact that, like, you even had that time at all. Yeah. Think about it. There's billions of people on this single planet amongst a star system of billions of stars and planets, and time and space allowed you to have... Uh, presence with that other person. It's like when people ask me for a picture, they're like, well, we've taken a picture before. And it's like, yeah, but time and space has brought us back together in this yeah. moment. If you would like to capitalize on this moment, I'm not going to be offended if you want to take another picture with me in this time. 
be appreciative that we were brought together at all and uh celebrate your mother it's beautiful yeah also the conversation i had was uh and this is for everyone else who maybe you haven't lost that person yet the person i was speaking to about their mother passing said uh told me to take a weekend off because i haven't done that since march (laughs) um and i'm taking a weekend off and i'm going to spend it with my mother and grandmother and we're all gonna hang out so i'm very excited and yeah, of course I'm traveling on my weekend off, but honestly, it's two and a half hours up the road. I should see my mother more. How can I go to Edmonton four times in a year and not see my mother who lives two and a half hours away? I'm disgusted with myself. So I'm going to see my mom. Uh, love you, Mike. Thank you for reaching out. Okay. This is our last one for this week. This is from Julie. I'll go ahead and ask the obvious. Do you have Halloween plans? Yes, we discussed them a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, we went to Netherworld. I like getting in the spooky spirit that way. Uh, but I think, you know, AJ's got a condo, so there's not a lot of trick-or-treating going on within the condo, behind every door. But we are in such a fun little neighborhood here. You know, so many decorations, so many little families. I'm excited to just sit on our porch, put up a pumpkin light, and uh, pass out a bunch of gaudy candies yeah. to the children. I think that's awesome. I want to see some cool costumes. I don't know what's... It's a great way to get a pulse on the culture right now because whatever the kids are dressing up as, that's what's cool at the moment. You yeah. know, like, what a 10-year-old's like, that's what's cool at the moment. Sorry. Someone someone on Twitter was... I tweeted about wrestling cool and cool are different things. And someone was like, but 10-year-olds always know what's cool. And I kind of roasted him for it. But the truth is, like, 10-year-olds know what's cool better than I do. Uh, You know, like, what do they call them? Gin... Gen Alpha? I have no fun. I don't know. Idea. There's a whole nother level of it now. Yeah. Um, we want to know what's cool. We want to see the outfits. I hope to see some effort. And I hope to give out some giant candy bars to children. I'm going to go spend money on candy. And we're going to be old people on the porch. And we're going to go, look at that costume. Ho-ho. What are you supposed to be, a ghost? And they'll go, I'm Momo from the memes. And I'll be like, oh, scared me. Oh, gosh, honey. Yeah, I think that's lit. I'm excited. What about you, Peter? Uh, we'll, we'll we'll see. We'll see. I love it. We'll see. I love it. Yeah. Happy Halloween! It's a spooky time. That's my new Cronenberg voice. 